0: Hey hey hey! Uh, good morning. It's Saturday morning, which means instead of Saturday morning cartoons, it's time to listen to the Muthanomics podcast. Um, it's kind of like that that old that oldie, I guess. When I was a kid, the oldies were the '60s, which means that now the oldies would be like the '2000s. <laughs> so. so that's so wacky to think about that. The oldies when I was in the I was in the 80s and my mom would loved listening to the oldies station. So we'd drive and she'd you know put on the AM you know whatever uh, the best of the 60s, the 50s and 60s, the oldies. so I guess that makes the oldies the 90s and the 2000s. So like Nirvana is oldies. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers are oldies. Spice Girls are oldies, although I never listened to them. I'm just trying to think of popular bands from the early 2000s. Britney Spears, I guess, would be oldies. Uh, Eminem would be oldies. That's weird to think about. That's hilarious. Um, If 1985 to 1965 made the 1965 the oldies, then 2021 to 2001 would make them the oldies. Lenny Kravitz. Um... Who else? The Foo Fighters? Uh, that's hilarious. Although we don't think of those those bands as being oldies. We think of them as being um like modern bands, I guess. Um, unless you're like into weird K-pop or something, then everything's probably an oldie. Anyway, hope everybody had a good week. A little bit later on a Saturday morning. Um, I'm going to try to not have this podcast start off with a terrible clicking, staticky something sound I... I uh, went every now and then I'll go back and I'll listen to the audio just to make sure it's not um, terrible. And the audio um, in last week's podcast started with like 45 seconds worth of clicking and, and banging. It sounded like I was jackhammering on my desk. Um, but yeah, Saturday morning. Saturday morning instead of Saturday morning cartoons. It's the Muthanomics Podcast. It's kind of like that song, that oldie. That's why I was talking about oldies to begin with. Um, I think it was something like Saturday night at the movies. Mm. So instead of that, it's like Saturday morning with Muthy. <laughs> you go, Muthy? Why Muthy? Uh, because... That's what a lot of people have called me over the years. I've had so many random nicknames over the years. It's uh, quite alarming. And I, I I stopped trying to make sense of them um, when I was in high school. Muthy was very popular. Um, Muthy was popular. Uh, some of the guys on the tennis team just started getting out of control with nicknames. They started calling me Brandy, um, that famous 90s singer Brandy, uh, when they wanted to... Question my masculinity in an athletic sense, which uh, you could do back in the 90s without any sort of uh, threats from the mob. Um, but yeah, they called me Brandy. And then it really just kind of jumped the shark. Um, Fonzie came flying in on his jet, his uh, water skis, and it, it just jumped the shark. And they started calling me uh, different sports stadium names so they they would call me like Jack Murphy Stadium, Joe Robbie Stadium, Connie Mack Stadium Um, and I never understood that but they got a huge kick out of calling me um, sports stadiums uh, for nicknames which was just weird and then they would go through phases where they couldn't even pronounce my name so it was like meh that was one of their favorites I remember was meh so and then you know and then i would get um i would get mail so my last name is m-u-t-h i'd get mail that was spelled like m-y-t-h m-h-f-h like no was like nobody knew how to pronounce it and they just spell it like just wildly off base um so instead of so now I guess I've got two hooks. So instead of Saturday morning cartoons, it's time for the Muthonomics podcast. And I also have Saturday morning with Muthy. <laughs> or, or I guess it would be Saturday morning with Jack Murphy Stadium. Um, yeah, I, I wonder where those kids are at now. I wonder if they've needed uh, psychiatric care because that's just a bad nickname. Like why are you calling, why are you using sports stadiums uh, as nicknames? I don't get it. Um, Anyway, a little bit later on a Saturday morning um, than normal. uh, Normally I'm up at 4 or 5 to record this thing, Um, but I played a lot of tennis this week, and old man Muthy is having a rough go at keeping up with some of these younger guns. So yesterday I went out uh, early afternoon, even though it was cold and windy, and hit for two hours with a guy that uh, played D1, uh, I think four or five years ago, he graduated. Um, And we just did some cross-court rallies and forehand cross-courts, backhand cross-courts, then we played out some uh, hand-fed points, you call them, so you just just drop, instead of serving, you just kind of feed the ball in off of a ground stroke and play out the point. Um, and i beat him i beat him 3 games in a row on that and then we played out some 10 point tiebreakers where we were serving and he took the first one i think 10-6 took the second one 10-7 and then i took the third one 10-8 um, and he was his defense is stellar i'm telling you that that's the biggest thing that's changed over the years since i was playing back in the 90s back in the oldies um, is the defense and all you have to do to, to really see that is go to YouTube and put in you know Sampras or Agassi or Becker or Edberg, um, especially mid mid eighties into the um, into the nineties. A lot of the times when those guys would hit a big shot, um, you just watch how the watch how the player the opposing player defends. Um, they run over and they reach and run through the ball to stop and then go to youtube and type in like daniel medvedev or djokovic or nadal and watch how they play defense and they're sliding on hard courts so the defense has just gotten ridiculous and i was talking to the the guy yesterday about it like is it, a, is it the different court service? Is it better shoe technology? Um, but man, in the 90s, you never thought about sliding on a hard court because you would have ended up with a compound ankle fracture and never played ever again. Um, that sounds like a James Bond movie. Never played never again. Never play ever again. I think, they, I think they milked that title for like three different ones. It was like never say never and then... Then I think like, I don't know, what was it? Five years later, they did never say never again. And then they probably did a third one, like never, never, ever say never, ever again. Um, what I wonder what that is in grammar, like a like a quadruple negative? Is it just like math where it's like plus, minus, plus, minus, or minus, 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 minus? If you have four minuses, it would end up being a negative. Or no, it'd be a, it would be a positive. Three negatives, any odd number negative ends up being a negative, any positive number of negatives ends up being a positive. So I don't know how that those James Bond naming things go as it relates to mathematical equations, but that's that's you can figure that out on your own time. Um so yeah, it, you would have fractured your ankle trying to slide uh, back in the 90s. And now it's like it's just the way you play tennis. Like you run as fast as you can and you instead of running through the shot <clears throat> you start to slide on hard courts and and get it back um so I actually told the kid I said you know I, I said I think it was a lot easier uh, back in the 90s to to play college tennis um because the defense wasn't as good and there were fewer international players uh, coming to play college tennis and now you have the just the supply of quality tennis players has gone through the roof so you have, and I, this is totally anecdotal. I have no actual data to back up this claim. <laughs> but, but he told me on, on his D1 team that he was the only American on his team. He said everybody else, uh, on his team was 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 from outside of America. Uh, so I guess that's my anecdotal evidence is one guy's statement that, um, his entire team consisted of foreigners. So, nothing against that. I'm I'm just saying that that I think it, if that's if that holds true across the broader spectrum of college tennis, then I'm guessing that that playing now would be more difficult than twenty-five years ago. Wow. Oh, I just had I just had a scrambled egg burp burp. That was awkward. Apologies for that one. Um
1: twenty-five years ago, you must be really old.
0: Um my tennis elbow is telling me that I'm about 50 years older than I actually am in real life. Uh, oh, man. So anyway, the reason this is getting recorded and published a, a wee bit later than normal is because this old man's feeling the pain of, of playing for two hours with a guy that's five years removed out of playing Division One tennis. Holy smokes. But I got invites onto his team, so that's nice. And, and it took me a while in Tampa to figure out, you know, you, you have to meet people and kind of feel out the tennis pecking order and you know which personalities you jive with which ones you know are like oil and water Um, and there were a couple in tampa that were definitely oil and water Um, some guys that you just can't stand but for the most part the higher you go up in skill level in tennis just the more cordial and nice people become because i think there's just sort of a mutual understanding of hey you know we all recognize that we're at a certain level And it becomes more about the, you know, executing certain shots, you know, playing a certain way, um, you know, bombing a winner here, using touch there, whereas more down at the hack levels, it's all about ego and, you know, all about, oh, you know, it's just all about ego and stupidity. Um, and that does exist at, you know at the higher levels obviously, but it's it's much more there's there's just a more of a mutual respect I think for the the skill level at a certain at a certain um, level. so anyway, finding that out in Tampa took a few years and, and here in Georgia you know starting to meet some people um, you know the guy was exceptionally nice, uh, very talented player so looks like I might be playing on some of their uh, Alta, and USTA teams, which I'm excited about because my lower back and my elbow is telling me that I might have two more seasons of this before I just throw in the towel and play like 45 and over 4.0, you know, just kind of dink tennis. So
1: you can't say dink, it's offensive.
0: No, it's a term in tennis where you just, like, you don't swing at the ball, you just kind of tap it. Just tap, tap, tap it over the net. Happy Gilmore reference on a Saturday morning. Um, so I was feeling it. I, I didn't wake up until six, um, which is sleeping in for me. And then I had to take our our two, two of our boys to rowing. And when I got back, I was like, you know what? You should really turn on the podcast. And I was like, screw that. I'm going to just sit and sit, sit and sip, sit and sip. That actually would be like a good business networking event. You like They got the meet and greets. You could have a sip and sit. Maybe that could be like a dating thing or a business networking thing. A sip and sit. It's also It, it also feels like it might be like a profanity trap for uh, like a tongue twister where you mispronounce a word and somebody gets offended. A sip and sit. You have to make sure. Make sure. <laughs> make make sure that H doesn't make its way into one of those words, especially the second one. Um, a sip and sip, icy little toes. Good morning. Um, did you hear the car crash? No, was there a car crash?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh man, I didn't hear it. I'm I'm podcasting. You're on my podcast right now. Hello. Hello. How was your sleepover? Good. Good. Don't 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 bounce around too loud upstairs because your feet will make people's eardrums bleed. Love you. Uh, that was, we had a cameo appearance by my daughter on this podcast. That was great. She had a sleepover with a couple friends last night. They were up till the wee hours. Um, so I sent them to the basement where we couldn't hear them. And they were nice and quiet. And then they eventually, I guess, they made their way up to the third floor and slept. And I'm in the basement in my office podcasting. And she came down because she said she heard a car crash, um, which I did not hear, which is one of the reasons my office is in the basement, because it's the most soundproof area of the entire... CASA, which is Spanish for house. <laughs> you know, I say that because here's why. So we lived when, when I, I'm sure most of you, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you are likely aware of the fact that we moved around a lot. My dad was sort of a hippie vagabond guy. And we lived in a rotating caravan of campers and trailers and mobile homes and the occasional apartment and or six-month rental house in on the quote-unquote wrong side of the tracks. Um, and we were in, when we finally made it to New Mexico, which was the first, so the four corner states utah colorado arizona new mexico we lived in all four of them we kind of zigzagged we made a z started in utah went to colorado z made a zigzag over to arizona and then came across back to new mexico and when we were there um my great grandmother who lived in maryland she wanted to come visit and she actually asked my mom if she needed a passport Um, to enter New Mexico. And my mom was like, no, Granny. It's uh, actually in the continental United States. And she was like, are you sure? (laughs) So when I say casa, which is uh, Spanish for house, um, it's partially in jest but partially influenced by my great grandmother thinking that she needed a passport to come see us in Nueva, Mexico. so anyway, I got home from from dropping the boys off at rowing, and was like, you know, I'm just gonna sit here and have a sit and sip. Um, I wonder if that domain name's available? Yeah, like I like that's gonna go anywhere. I'm not gonna start that stupid thing. A sit and sip. Um, that's like one of those spank stories. You know, you always hear these stories of these businesses that like it was like some idea just sitting around like a campfire or. You know shooting the breeze, and then all of a sudden they, you know, take a risk and decide to pursue it. And the next thing you know, they're worth like five billion dollars. Um, it seems like Sit and Sip could end up on like an episode of 60 Minutes with Ed Bradley going, Oh, how did you go from a, the child of a vagabond hippie to being worth more than Jeff Bezos? Well, you know, I was podcasting this one morning and I just said Sip and Sit, and the light bulb went off. Um, Highly unlikely. So I'm not even gonna waste my time.
1: Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity.
0: Um. <laughs> so, I'm also I'm also playing. Um, I'm gonna hit with another guy next week. Uh, a, a a teaching pro down in Tampa who I've been friends with for the better part of ten years. I played at his club over Christmas break and. Um, we got chatting and I, 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 we, me and my doubles partner had won his uh tournament. I think we won it five times. I, I, I'm trying to say I think we won because I want to try to sound like I'm humble. I, I know for a fact we won it five times, and I could recount to you the scores and who we beat in all the five finals. So <laughs> while I try to feign a little bit of humility when it comes to my tennis results, I have a pretty iron. Ironclad uh, memory on who, when, and where I destroyed on the tennis court. So, hey, it is what it is, right? Um. So anyway, you know, you win, you win a prestigious clubs tournament five times over the course of, um, I think we played it eight times together. Yeah, played it eight times. We lost. We lost. No, I we played it seven times. He, that, that guy and I, we we won it um, five out of seven times. We lost semifinals. Um, we were three time defending champions and lost semifinals after having, uh, three match points and it was, it was just the crappiest. It was in the third set tiebreaker. We had three match points and the, the first, um, the first match point, the guy ripped a return and I poached to put it away and it clipped the net and bounced over my racket. Totally lucky break. Um, the... Second match point, the other guy came up with a passing shot out of his rear end, which was like he'd miss it. He would he would miss that ninety nine times out of a hundred, guaranteed. Um, and came out you know off his shoelaces, sharp angle cross. Um, and then the third match point, same thing. The guy hit the let cord. The guy that hit the let cord and bounced over my my racket. He hit one. And instead of it, you know, skipping over a racket, it it just dribbled over on a sharp cross court angle. So they got out they got out of jail with um two out of three match points off of a let cord. Anyway, came back the next year um and won it a fourth time. And then he was injured the next year and I lost in the finals with another guy. And then my partner came back again and we lost in the finals, and then the next year, um, we won it. So Anyway, all of that to say, when you win when you the championship, you know, you win the events uh, at a club that's well known, um, you make good friends with with the head pros because there's some sort of mutual respect going on. So anyway, uh, he when I saw him at Christmas, I said, hey, man, I'm, you know, I'm up in Atlanta now and just trying to meet people in Tennessee. And he's like, oh, dude, I know a ton of people up there. So he texted me um, the contact info for a head pro up here who's about 15 20 minutes north of where we are. Uh, but this guy is like if I'm if I'm like if I think I'm grade A beef like I'm actually like 70 30 Walmart mix compared to this guy like this guy's like a $250 Kobe filet mignon cut um and I'm like 65 35 ground chuck on the you know last day to. Last day to buy it before you die of E. coli poisoning at Walmart. Um, so yeah, this guy played, he played on the tour a- ATP tour for four years. Um, just an incredible player. So I might be a little bit out of my depth, but um, the guy in Tampa apparently either, either he's trying to just set me up for humiliation or he actually thinks that I've got you know a, a, a half of a chop to hang. Um, so I'm hit with him next Thursday, it's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to that. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But tennis, tennis, tennis. I, you need, yeah. That's that's the difference. And and probably most of you don't even care. You're like tennis. That's a sissy sport. Um, hey, it's 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 been my jam since I was three. So lay off, lay off. Um, I'm trying to think what's happening. I mean, we got the Super Bowl coming up. I don't really care about talking about it. Brady versus Mahomes. Whoop de doo. New generation, old generation, new guard, old guard. Is this the changing of the guard? I mean, it's like how pre- people people need to change their like story narratives because they're so stinking old. I guarantee Jim Nance is going to say, is this the changing of the guard? Um, probably a half a dozen times, especially if the game's tight. If it's not tight, like if Mahomes is blowing Brady out, it's going to be... We are witnessing the changing of the guard. Um, and if it's, if Brady's blowing out Mahomes, it's going to be like, oh, not not yet, young man. Not ready to change the guard yet. And if it's close, it's going to be the question, are we witnessing the changing of the guard? Uh, gag me with a spoon. Gross. Um no interest in those stupid, stupid talking points. They're making, they're, they're, they're all gazillionaires. Um, who cares? Like, seriously, like I said a couple weeks ago, like the Fog Bowl, put them back in the thing. Like, you know, put them on an icy field with the chance of like career ending injuries. <laughs> you want to put food on your table? Hey, you got you to gotta work in the salt mines um, like the rest of us common folk. I mean, you don't see stinking coal miners getting all kinds of protections. It's like, hey, going back down into the belly of the beast today. Might collapse on my head. But, hey, I got to put Campbell's Soup on my table for my, my offspring and my my lovely woman. So going to put on that hat. I'm going to inhale ungodly amounts of, of coal, dust, and diet 42. But, hey, that's what I got to do to provide. Um, and then you've got these guys making hundreds of millions of dollars.
1: Oh no, I can't step on that blade of grass because it's too moist. I might twist and hyperextend my knee, and I can't let I can't allow that to happen.
0: Um dude, NFL has turned into a sissy game. I'm not kidding you. I mean, just you know, you know I get it. I get it. The concussions and I I can already hear the, you know, hate mail coming in.
1: My husband played and he had a concussion. And uh,
0: I mean, so I, I get it. Like, hey, you don't want to be giving yourself concussions. But part of it was, hey, everybody understood the rules going in. It wasn't like a gladiator arena where they like enslaved you and said, you're going to go in there and fight against that tiger or we're going to kill you right here. It was like, okay, I don't really have a choice. No, they're like, hey, here's the agreement. We'll pay you tons and tons of money and you go put your body on the line. That's the way it goes so there's actually a documentary i think i think it's on amazon prime so i haven't watched it myself in my own house i was at um because i hate amazon and i don't in fact i i feel so gypped as a side note i feel so gypped i've mentioned here before that i haven't made a purchase on amazon in i mean i keep saying two and a half years it's got to be pushing I actually need to go back and look at when my last Amazon purchase was because I know it's pushing two and a half plus years. Um, and I feel so gypped. So I went online and I wanted to get I mentioned I got the locking uh, box, the time lock thing for my kid, our kids' phones and, and our electronic devices. And so I you know when you search that, the first result comes back up Amazon. And I was like, screw Amazon. So I found the company that makes it. And I googled that company. Actually, duck, duck, goat it, which just sounds weird. D D G. What? Do I, we need to come up with a. I ducked it. That that's that's a little too close to profanity. Um, some we need to come up with a better term because you can't say you can't go trying to be you can't try to compete with Google and say that I duck, duck, goat it. Like that just sounds like a homeschool, high water pant wearing. You know, way too high. You know, pants hiked up to the belly button, shirt tucked in. Um, so we got to come up with a better a better verb for duck 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 going something. I ducked it. I goosed it. Maybe 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 that'll be it. I goosed it. Um, I'm gonna start that. If you use duck duck go, you goose it. G o o s e d. So anyway, I um went and I I. Goosed the company (laughs) and found their direct site, added it to the cart, checked out, and I was expecting to get a package with that company's label on it. And it arrives a few days later in an Amazon Prime box. I was so ticked off. I was like, these sneaky devils. They tricked me into ordering through Amazon. Because they're using their Amazon seller account to ship their crap to me. Ugh. Ugh. But yeah, that, that I don't know. I, I feel like that's like accidentally getting AIDS through like a blood transfusion. It's not, it's not your own doing. You know, it's like that's just a bad break.
1: You're a monster. How can you compare ordering a package online to getting AIDS? I mean, come
0: on, guys. Uh, like I said last week, we need we need room for apolitical spaces. Not everything has to offend you, and if it does, just change the channel. Goodness gracious, um, <laughs> there's there's like a line that you kind of like tiptoe around. Um, anyway, it is what it is. Uh, you get what you get, and you don't throw a fit, as they used to say, or as we used to say when our kids were toddlers. You get what you get, and you don't throw a fit. So, um. I goosed it, duck duck go. What? I don't even remember what I was goosing and duck duck going now. Um, it'll probably come back to me. Okay, I can scratch that off the list. I told you I got this, this desk size calendar. And as I'm podcasting, I'm looking at things. I forgot to scratch one of the things off the list yesterday. Um, oh, I haven't. Yeah, I did that one. Did that one? Haven't done that one because it's a sizable um, dollar amount, and I want to be 100% sure that I actually want to get it before. It's not like an easy return; like eh, it's 12 bucks, just send it back. No, um, it's a sizable purchase, so I want to make sure that I'm actually um, convinced I want to want to pull the trigger on that thing. Um, so, I, what was the time of rowing? geez louise i wish i had an instant rewind like i need an instant replay on this thing let's go to the tape fellas oh yeah so you know they're getting um paid tons of money and it's like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna step
1: on a wet blade of grass
0: um oh the amazon thing yes there we go it's all coming full circle the rabbit trails have a way of connecting back to themselves it's quite amazing oh and hold on one second my phone is charging
1: what do you mean you put your you put your kids' phones in the lockbox, but keep yours out.
0: I'm actually generating revenue with my phone, so back off, people. Um, my phone is my coal mine. <laughs> so there's a documentary on Amazon um, that I saw at my. At a relative's house because they they're not as anti Amazon as I am and they think I'm a little crazy, uh, but it's about the new Ze- uh, some New Zealand rugby team, and I was I watched the first couple episodes of this season and I was like these guys get it these guys are are they still have their testicles intact like so so much of the NFL has just become emasculated on the toughness front. It's like, oh, if you want to play in the NFL, we have to give you what's—I want to say lobotomy, but that's your brain. Whatever. A, <laughs> I'm trying to jam lobotomy with the word testicle together, and I'm I'm drawing a blank. Um, but I watched this. I watched this uh, rugby thing, dude. And these guys are freaking. I don't want to say warriors because they're still getting paid a grip load of money to play a stupid game. And it's not like their lives are actually on the line, but I mean, they are tough. No headgear. No, some of them don't even have mouthpieces. Like I'm surprised that their freaking tongues haven't gotten lopped off. I mean, this one guy, you know, he'd had like four concussions that one season. And he was like, Hey, it's just part of the sport, you know? So I'm sure the woke police are going to go down to New Zealand And they're gonna ruin rugby. Um,
1: Oh no, we have to protect everybody from themselves. We're smarter than everybody and we can't let anybody take risks. We can't let anybody do anything that we deem to be risky.
0: um, Just back off, you moral goody two shoes people. Like, let people take the risks and let people make their own decisions. It's as simple as that. So, anyway. Um, I was like, hey, this is kind of nice watching this documentary. Um, so I watched a couple episodes and was impressed with the manliness of it. Um, in fact, I, I want to start a, a, a series called "Manly Manliness Monday. Manly Monday. and And I'm going to use that song instead of, It's a manic Monday. It's going to be, and it's a manly Monday. And I'm just going to just like do... Three-minute recaps of guys that just had some cojones and were men. Um, I, I, that one I'm actually going to do. Let's do that. So sip or sit, not going to happen. That goes in. That goes in the scrap pile. But I am going to write down on this calendar for next um, manly. We're going to do manly Monday. We need it. And you go, well, no, we don't. We're already we're already knee deep in a patriarchy and sexism. I was reading, and and this just baffles my mind. I was reading last week that there is a group, I don't know who, I don't know what this group consists of, I just read that there is a group lobbying for the quote-unquote right for men to demand uterine transplants. Like, that used to get you, there was a time in bygone past <laughs> when that would have landed you in an, in a nut house, that would have put you in an insane asylum. Um. Yeah. Uh, hello. Um. I'm a man. I've got uh, I've got the twig and berries to prove it. The chromosomes to prove it. Um. I'd like a uterus. Could you Could you do that for me, Doc? Um. No, I can't give you a uterus, but I can uh, commit you. Yeah. Let's Let's. How about we do that? I mean seriously? Like, okay, so Manly Monday is definitely happening. Sit and Sip not happening. But we have I don't even think jumping the shark. It's like a combination of jumping the shark and crossing the Rubicon. Um, whatever that would be. The Sharkicon. Um, which sounds like a that sounds like a Star Trek character. Sharkicon! Um we've jumped the Sharkicon, people when when we are when there is a group allegedly that's lobbying for men to receive uteruses uh, yeah 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 I, I, I just don't know um so yeah manly monday is definitely happening i'm underlining that sip and sit no big scratch out we're not doing sip and sit um, manly monday is definitely happening like i don't even know like there's, there's i i I, I, blah, blah. I just keep going back to um, the aristotle's book on rhetoric the art of rhetoric he has a he has sort of a catch-all and i might have mentioned this on a previous episode or two but he has a catch-all and he just says you know after you've gone through logic and reasoning he has a catch-all default which is well even mad men have opinions and I guess that's more and more becoming like our culture, like, oh, well, you know, we've used reason, we've used science, we've used chromosomes, we've used, you know, totally observable realities as it relates to the anatomy of different humans' bodies. And, and well, I guess even madmen have opinions. I mean, we're talking about, quote unquote, people who bleed. You mean women? Women menstruate, not men.
1: No, no, no. It's people who bleed.
0: Yeah, it's the only category I can come up with. It's just it's Aristotle's category from however many thousands of years ago. Well, even madmen have opinions. So, I yeah, I don't know. And 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 you know, and this kind of stuff, you know, as I've talked about the the whole cancel culture, you know, it's priming that that is priming the pump for some, you know, future online mob assault against the Muthanomics podcast because, you know, oh, he said these things. We dug up his history and he said these hateful things, you know, two years ago, five years ago, seven years ago, six months ago. It's like, dude, I'm not I'll own that till the day I die, homie or homet or whatever you want to be called. I, I don't know. um Because you can't just put mean sounding labels on things to prevent the actual discussion of the content. And that's that's what the, the woke, mentally weak, woke weenies, mentally, maybe I should have a mentally weak, woke weenie Wednesday. <laughs> Manly Monday, check, it's a go. Sip and sit, eh, did not make it off the cutting room floor. Or it ended up on the cutting room floor, I guess. Um, and then mentally weak, woke weenie Wednesday. <laughs> you can tell my time as a youth pastor um, has shaped just being around evangelicalism, where everything has to be alliterated, or everything has to rhyme, or it's the four Ps of this, or the five Ws of that. Um, you can tell that that influenced me as a young, impressionable Uh 17, 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old, mentally weak, woke, weenie, Wednesday. (laughs) Oh, if people, if the world could get as much enjoyment out of their lives as I get um, just sitting here rambling into a microphone, it would be a better place. iTunes keeps trying to force this uh, this, um, iPhone update on me, and I keep refusing it because screw you, Apple. That's the hardest thing to unwind from. It's the hardest thing. I've unwound from Amazon. Um, I have unwound from uh, Netflix, different subscription services, Apple Music. I, I, I canceled Apple TV, even though it was a free trial, I canceled it early because screw you. Um, but the Apple, the phone, that's the hardest thing to unwind from. And the MacBook, like, I, yeah, this this is tough. So I've, I've been researching um, ways to unwind from these. And there are some alternatives. But they're kind of like the, you know, mutated quasi, Quasimodo version of things. And I'm like, well, I do have a business to run. And I don't really think I want to be trying to, you know, bang out a living on, on a Quasimodo laptop or some, you know, monstrosity of a, hybrid, hacked smartphone that has icons that look like they belong in an Atari game. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one for me. I'll let you know if I if I conquer that, but right now I'm just sort of... Um, like I said, it's my coal mine. My phone's my coal mine.
1: That's such a bad analogy and it's such an offense to actual coal miners.
0: Um, What I love about our culture right now is that people will point out how you are offending a certain group and they are, at the same time, in the exact same breath, they'll be completely oblivious to how much they're being offensive to another group. But I digress. This is an apolitical podcast. Um, Got a $5 bill in front of me on on my desk. I don't know why. Which somehow reminds me of the tip that I got from a Lyft ride a year and a half ago
1: you drove Lyft? What?
0: Yeah. I just, it was curious to me. I was like, you know what? I'm going to sign up on Lyft and and drive Lyft. I want to meet people and see how this grind works. So I went through a phase. I was actually addicted to it for a while. Like I would just go out early, early in the morning, give clowns ride to the airport. Um, A popular time was when class got dismissed at the local university. A lot of kids looking for rides, you know, a couple miles to their their campus and then you know when the kids would have basketball practice every saturday night they'd have practice from 5 30 p.m to 9 p.m so i'd drop them off downtown for the practice and i'd just turn on the app and i'd give all kinds of clowns rides everywhere um and it was a it, i really enjoyed it i think i i last count i had given 376 rides um and you know, part of it was I wanted, I was curious to test whether or not the premise, their promise, hey, sign up in Tampa Bay and make $25 an hour. Um, yeah, right, Lyft. Yeah, right, Lyft. Maybe on a Friday night when there's a huge concert, um, you might eke that out. But then, you know, they're not calculating in your gas costs, your oil change costs, your tire costs, the wear and tear on on your on your car Um and yeah, so it was a scam. I think um, last time I averaged it out, I was making $9.17 a ride is what it came out to. Um, which is the other, I think the that's the unbeknownst side to a lot of people with this ride sharing stuff is, you know, you, you would look at the breakdown, like I would, the the passenger would pay $22 for a ride and I'd get like nine bucks. Um on the longer rides, you know, they they'd pay, you know, $60 to go from Tampa all the way over to the beaches like in Clearwater, and I might get 28, 29, maybe 30. Um, so the platform itself is just stinking, I don't want to say raping because that's offensive to actual rape victims, but you know, the whole the whole concept of of raping and pillaging things, um, you know, just exploitation, financial exploitation is the accurate way to state that. Um,
1: but it costs us money to, to have people download the app.
0: Um, so yeah, I understand the class action lawsuits. I understand the, Hey, we need to unionize as drivers, blah, 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 because, you know, it's my car, my gas, my time, my whatever, and my tires, my upholstery, um, um, and you're charging them 60, 65 bucks and you're not even giving me 30? Like, what's going on here? Um, So anyway, I did lift and why was I talking about doing lift? I I need another cup of coffee, but it's upstairs and I don't wanna pause because then I'd have to edit the freaking audio file. I I need to start keeping notes as I go down these rabbit trails because they just, I get lost constantly. Lift. Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. The air came out of this thing. I feel <laughs> I feel incredibly tired at this point in time. Whew, that
1: tennis is catching up to me.
0: Well, whatever my lift point was, it was probably poignant. Um, lift. I don't even remember what I was talking about before lift. Mentally weak, woke weenies, having a Wednesday, uh, being offended. Um, was it some passenger that I had? Might have been some passenger that I had. Well, who knows? And most of the passengers were really nice. Um, a couple of them were totally, totally rude. Um, but the social experiment side of it was 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 amazing, um, you know. And and I would just shoot the breeze with people, like, and it was so funny. This one guy I gave a ride. It was I went all the way up north Tampa, at, at an exclusive country club, to pick up. Uh, pick up these people and and because i had a, a Lyft xl so my our car is an xl so it qualifies for special rides which if you're going to do lift and you can afford an xl vehicle um, that actually gives you better profit margins because you they charge you a lot they charge the the customer a lot more for the xl um so i had an xl there was a low supply of xls so got up there picked up um six people two uh, three couples and you know, had to enter a gate code to get into the community and drove around to their big fancy house and they get in the car, you know, and, and they're clearly, they clearly got the class snobbery going on. Like, pfft, you know, we live in, ex- in an exclusive gated community and you're a Lyft driver. So don't talk to us, you peon. Um, but they can also tell like, Hey, this is a nice car and you look, like your middle age, like what the heck are you doing? So, you know, the curiosity would always get the better of them. It was like, Hey, I need to kind of position myself to make sure that I actually am a bigger swing you know what, than this guy. Um, so we get talking and I say, ah, you know, I just, you know, I, I've dropped the kids off at basketball practice. And, you know, if I, if I hear a basketball bounce off of a wood floor one more time, um, I'm probably going to Go insane and commit myself to an asylum. Um, so I just need a break. So I'm bored. So I just you know decided to do this for fun. Um, and there you know you can see their wires shorting out. Like surely that can't be true. Like surely nobody would do extra work for fun. Surely no one would seek to be efficient with the scarce resource of time just for fun. Um, and my response was, well, clearly you haven't read free market economic books, and clearly you don't understand scarce resources and the necessity for efficiency. Um, but I digress. And so, you know, you, the, the wires were always shorting out like, er, I don't understand how this person is sort of equal to me, but he's giving lift rides. No. Um, so anyway, this this particular guy, you know, and, you know, I asked him, oh, so what do you do? And he goes, oh yeah i'm a doctor i work uh and i said oh cool which hospital you work at and he's like oh i have to drive out to it was it was a hospital out towards orlando and it was you know 30 35 40 minute commute yeah i'm out there right now i just finished up my residency um uh, a couple years ago um and i said oh what what type of medicine are you in and uh he goes oh i'm an emergency room doctor and i said oh cool i said i play I played tennis down at the Tampa Yacht Club uh, with the head ER doctor at um, one of the hospitals in Tampa, and he's like, "Doctor so and so," and I said, "Yeah, yeah, doctor, yeah, that's exactly who it is." He's like, "No way, I did my residency with that guy. He's a great dude." I said, "Yeah, he's a really nice guy." I said, "I played play, uh, doubles and singles and mixed doubles with him and his wife down there all the time," and he 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 did, he'd like if you could have shorted out like if you know when a computer gets overloaded. And it gets in, like, an infinite for loop, and it can't process, and it just, like, blows a circuit, and smoke comes out of its, its proverbial ears, and it's like,
1: yeah.
0: and it, like, whistles and fizzes. That's what this guy was doing in the front seat of my XL lift ride. <laughs> and he turns around, honey, and she's all the way in the back seat with her girlfriends, honey, the lift driver knows Dr. So-and-so and plays tennis with him at the yacht club, and you could see everybody in the back seat shorting out, too, so... Uh, that's an argument for just being real and stand on your toes and just doing stuff, um, because you're curious, not because you're afraid of um, social mores and some stupid, outdated either British Empire slash Indian caste system. Like, go pound sand, you pretentious snobs. We're all people. Stop trying to rank yourself. And get into the upper echelon and upper crust and leave all the sediment peasants down below. Go pound sand. I can't stand pretense. It makes me want to vomit. So maybe that's where I was going with this lift rant is pretense. Gross. So anyway. Um, so maybe I should do that again. I, I, I gave a few lift rides in Atlanta when we got up here just because I wanted to get people's take on where we should live. So when we were living in temp housing, I was like, sweet, man, I'm just going to turn on the Lyft app and go give some freaking rides. So I did that a couple couple weekends in a row. I just went out for four hours and just gave Lyft rides until Lyft realized that I was actually, um, but that all of my uh, residence and registration and insurance info was still in Florida, then they were like, uh, er. and so I, I turned on the app once and it was like, um, it appears that you were no longer driving in Florida. You need to update everything for Georgia. And I was like, well, we're still sort of temp housing and I still kind of back and forth. So screw you lift. So I haven't, I haven't done any lift rides since. And during lockdown, everything else is just taken off and gone gangbusters. So I don't even know if I have time for lift, but I think I would, I wouldn't mind re, uh, renewing all of that, um, because it's just fun to meet people. I mean, I met I met gambling addicts at the casino. I mean, I picked this one guy up and,
1: oh no, you're going to get a lawsuit from Lyft for sharing private information. I mean, it, it,
0: nobody knows who these people are. I picked this this one dude up from a casino at like six in the morning. And uh, he was like just despondent. And I said, you're all right, bro. And he was like, oh, dude, I just blew through my entire paycheck. My wife's going to kill me. And I was like, yeah, you think? I said, bro, that's terrible, man. What are you doing that? What are you doing that to yourself for? Oh, man, I just can't stop. I was like, yeah, you can. You just don't go to the stinking building, homie. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I know you're right. So, I, you know, I was just pretty blunt with him. And I was, you know, expecting I was going to take him back to a house. And, he, you know, the address I'm driving to, we turn, get and like and we, and we pull up to the, like this like this seedy rent-by-the-week motel. And I was like, oh, dude, come on, man. And he was like, yeah. He's like, just drop me off, you know, back around the corner. He's like, I can't face my wife right now. My kids are going to be so mad. And I was like, I said, homie, I'm going to pray for you right now. I was like, dude, you know, like, you know, this isn't right. Um, you feel the shame right now. And I said, you got to just, you can't do this anymore. And he was like, yeah. So anyway, I prayed for him. Um, the What is it? The fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So considering that uh, I don't fit that category, (laughs) it probably availed very little. (laughs) Uh, The verse has always cracked me up. This is
1: not the theology podcast. Stop mixing them.
0: Um, But that verse has always cracked me up. The prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And then people lean on it like with all of their confidence. And I'm like... Isn't that sort of pharisaical for you to be leaning hard on that righteous man promise? Because isn't part of Reformed theology the fact that you're a worm and you're not righteous to begin with? But different podcast, different time. I haven't podcasted over there in a while just because I've kind of run out of uh, evangelical angst. Just sort of like... (laughs) I'm sort of like a bug that got stuck on a sticky trap. You know, the first couple hours, they fight, like, with everything they have to get out of that thing. And then eventually they're just like, eh, I'm not going anywhere. Nothing's changing. Just going to sit here and slowly melt into the bug glue. And then you show up the next day and you kind of blow on them. And then they're, like, revived. And they, like, frantically, you know, scramble about for 12 seconds before they're like, oh, he was just messing with me. What a diabolical human. If I could get off this thing, I'd climb into his ear in the middle of the night and lay ten thousand <coughs> eggs. See how that tastes, human? Oh, jeez, this thing has gone all over the map. But um, pray, produce, publish—those are the three P's of the Muthco LLC empire. <laughs> Oh, I need to go find some ice for my elbow. I probably need to get another cup of coffee or five. Oh, geez. And I've got to get the kids from rowing in 10 minutes. And it's a 18-minute drive. I got to go. Have a wonderful day. Saturday morning. Which means, instead of Saturday morning cartoons, it's listen to the Muthanomics podcast. Saturday morning with Muthy. Peace.